0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: It's our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Most of what we wound up getting for Saturday's MLB card in and- Really, all across sports has wrapped up. We've still got one game in the MLB. The LA Angels currently in the lead on the Houston Astros. That by a kind of two to zero. You're in the bottom of the eighth inning there with the Angels trying to get some insurance runs. And take a look at the NHL. You actually do have a pair of games that are going down here as you've still got a nil nil tie right now between the Avalanche and the Oilers. You wind up having the Sharks and Canucks all tied up to a piece. You wind up seeing the end of the second period in that one. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, they were a very lofty favorite on the close against the Arizona Coyotes. And so far, so good. 3-1, to one, they are in the lead that after the end of two periods. So we still do have a little bit of live action, but certainly cranking down with regards to the Saturday. And we've got a lot that is coming up for Sunday as well. So here in the final hour, really going to be taking a look hard and heavy at the MOB betting board that we've got, including a team that was projected in pretty much a lot of places to be able to win the National League Central in the Milwaukee Brewers. And thus far, they have struggled. So let's take a look at their game between they and the Chicago Cubs with the Cubs finding themselves on the open a relatively sizable underdog. This is 907, 908 on the betting board. A lot of places they wound up opening the Cubs as an underdog of right in the neighbor of like plus 125, plus 130-ish. Now you're finding them more around a plus 108, plus 110 at DraftKings. It's just moved to the Brewers being a minus 130 favorite and really, That's the highest market that you're going to find out there at a book. I'm seeing a lot of other places right around a minus 120. Totals, when it comes to Wrigley Field, always note this. Because of the win that you wind up having, typically totals, they won't be out overnight. We're seeing one here at Circa, where I'm at right now doing this wonderful show. It is a 7 with the over at minus 120, and the under is even. And a big reason why is because you do wind up having just the harebrained win situation in general. But I do think that this is a case in which it is going to be interesting to take a look at because I do think that the wind situation is something to monitor, but at the same time, I think that it's been a little bit overblown in this spot with regards to the way that it's blowing in at a seven or seven and a half. I'd be taking a look at it over personally, but when it comes to Milwaukee burst, I think that this is a good spot for them to be able to get a little bit more right, but I couldn't make them more than minus a minus one eighteen favorite. So even on the line move, I think that it's a little bit overblown with regards to Milwaukee Birds. Now, if you're looking at the Chicago Cubs, the boat might have won a passing you with regards to this one and trying to take a run line here. You're finding the Cubs getting a run and half. So that means that if they wind up losing by one, you'd be able to get the job done at right around a minus 160. So case of which these the juice that you wind up having with the Cubs a little bit earlier, it has been taken out. And I always find it intriguing when you've got teams that are going for a straight are going for a sweep slash sheens that are trying to avoid a sweep because you wind up seeing it today with the Milwaukee Brewers. They just wind up having no shot whatsoever in that game, right? And Woodruff could not wind up finding the strike zone. And when you wind up having walked-in runs with zero outs and you wind up getting zero runs for the entirety of the game, that's not a great recipe for success. And it is a Milwaukee Brewers team that... I think that they're going to be struggling with their offense all season long. Now, I think that Willie Adamas in the 2-0, he's going to be able to do a solid job for the team. They do bring in Andrew McCutcheon, but just case in which, the Brewers were really banking on Christian Yelich being a big cog for the team for many years to come. That has not been it for this team. Keston Hira, someone who wound up having some very good early seasons for the Milwaukee Brewers. He just has not been able to develop. And then take a look at guys like Colton Wong, Mark Brasso, I've got to expect a little bit of something out of them, but what you're going to be able to get is anyone's guess. And for the Chicago Cubs coming into the season, I felt like they were one of the biggest mystery of all teams that you were going to get because guys like Rafael Ortega, Frank Schwindel, who wound up seeing time towards the end of the season last year, and wound up putting up good numbers. Ortega hit right around a 290. You wound up having Schwindel hit well above a 300. He was able for a little bit of power as well. You figured that, they would be able to do a little bit of what what they wound up doing last year. You just had the question of how much of that was going to duplicate from the end of last year to this year. So far, so good for these gentlemen. You wound up having Ortega have a little bit of a rough game number one, but wound up being able to have a pair of runs in the game that we wound up seeing on Saturday. You wound up bringing in a little bit of a reclamation project in Clint Frazier, someone who was much blind in his time, with the New York Yankees, but I think that overall, he's going to be solid for the team. And CI Suzuki, why is he coming in from the Nippon Baseball League over there in Japan, has been able to develop immediately for the seam. Now, players coming over from the NPB, they have been a little bit hit or miss, but the one thing that the Brewers do have going for them if they're looking to avoid the sweep, the fact that Devin Williams and Josh Hader in the first two games of the series have not wound up going at all, those are two of the most reliable bullpen pieces that you're going to find in all of baseball. And for the Chicago Cubs, they certainly don't have that with regards to the bullpen. Now, the good news for them is that Justin Seale was able to give them five strong and they really didn't have to burn up any of their more notable relievers like a Michael Givens. But I do take a look at this spot. I do think that it's going to be a case in which you're going to see the brewers be able to give a little bit more, I guess you call it pressure on the Chicago Cubs from an offensive standpoint though. I will say with regards to the series as well, even though this game, why is it going over the total? It was all the Brewers doing it by themselves because the wind was blowing in. You wound up having a little bit of a lower total, but even though you wound up having this one going over has been traditionally a little bit more of an under series, but I think that you could see a little bit of reversal here, especially with Freddie Peralta. Struggling towards the end of last season with Freddy Peralta. He was someone that wound up having right around 2-3 ERA, going into the all-star break, post-all-star break. That was north of four. He was dealing with some injuries, so that was an issue and for Marcus Stroman. The losing record last year, very deceiving. Three zero two ERA, a very good ground ball pitcher. So I do think that with the Cubs, You wind up having a lot of value early. Now it's a little bit more of a wait and see if you wind up seeing this bounce back to the Cubs being north of a plus 118, which I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get there. I think that there's going to be value once again on the Cubs. So right now, gauging this line, I do think that it could be interesting if we wind up getting a rather favorable run line in either way as well. What else I think is going to be an intriguing game to take a look at is a series that. Has seen a lot of under action. 909, 910 on the bang board. Colorado Rockies playing us. The LA Dodgers. Julio Urias is going to be going for the Dodgers, and Antonio Sensatella on the bump for the Colorado Rockies with this total opening up in a lot of places at 12. We've seen a lot of these totals move to an 11.5, and I still think that it's too high because with Colorado, when it comes to the summertime, when you're up there a mile high, when it comes to the elevation, certainly the ball is flying, but. Things are a little bit more dead in Colorado this time of year. It's a little bit more chilly. You wind up having the ball, not necessarily have the same aerodynamics that you wind up having when it gets super duper humid. So I do think that these 11, 11 and a halfs in this case that we've seen throughout this series have just been a little bit too lofty. I want them taking the under in the first few games of the series, and I'm going to be backing it once again. And you've got a guy in Julio Reyes that. I mean, how often do you see a total of 11 and a half with a guy that is making his season debut after he wound up winning 20 games last season? And of those wins, 13 of them wound up coming on the road. Arias has been absolutely masterful when he's been away from Los Angeles. Not a guy that is necessarily going to tear it up in one metric. He does a solid job of being able to get punch outs, but it's not like he's getting a ridiculous amount. He does a good job of being able to limit the walks, but it's not like he's got some insane strikeout to walk rate. Just a... Very good, very consistent pitcher. Then you take a look at Antonio Sensatella, someone who winds up having right around a four-ish ERA at home last season and right around a five ERA on the road. Now that makes no sense whatsoever. You saw a lot of this, by the way, with some of these Colorado Rockies starters last season, where they actually pitch like a full point better on their ERA, better at the uh, good old course rather than on the road. Which typically you'd think that going up to elevation, pitching at course, it would take a lot out of you and I think it is a case in which if you take a look at just time and time again, some of these studies that have been done when you wind up having the Colorado Rockies go away from home, that first game on that road trip, just adjusting from elevation. And that goes for road teams as well, that they wind up visiting Colorado. They wind up having that first game in a new city. They just wind up coming out flat because of the change in elevation. I think that that could be very, very real. But you do take a look at this Sajras team. Despite the fact that I do like the under, I think that you need to take note of just the sheer amount of firepower that this team winds up having. You wind up bringing in Freddie Freeman. You've got the Turners, Trey Turner, Justin Turner. I mean, these guys are absolutely massive. Mookie Betts, I felt like, was a little bit undervalued with regards to the MVP market. And then for the Colorado Rockies, they do wind up bringing in Chris Bryant. But you've got a lot of what-ifs when it comes to this team of guys trying to be able to develop and guys really trying to be able to put together good years. Like a Brendan Rodgers, CJ Crone was very good at home last year on the road. He just couldn't wind up hitting the broad side of a barn. They've been able to give more at bats and just more playing time in general to Connor Joe, a guy that last season in limited at bats was able to do a solid job. I think the jury is still out for him this season. Big thing for the LA Dodgers is, are you ever going to be able to get Cody Bellinger back online? He's got as many hits as myself this season. Last year, he wound up just having one of the biggest hot messes of a season that we've ever seen against left-handed pitching. He wound up hitting right around like a buck 15, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, think could be that terrible. And then in spring training, he wound up in like a span of 19 at bat striking out 14 times. So Cody Ballinger just does not look like the guy that we have seen in past years, but what I think is also critical in this game is the LA Dodgers and just the fact that they've got such a better bullpen as well. You saw Alex Colome wind up entering into the game on Saturday for the Colorado Rockies and for Colome. He's an upgrade to what they wound up having, but Alex Colome, not necessarily a trustworthy reliever. And then you take a look at the LA Dodgers and what they're able to throw out there on a night in and night out basis. Justin Brewer was able to give them some good innings towards the back half last season now. Hopefully they wind up moving Andrew Heaney in some form or fashion because he has just not necessarily been a great starter. It looks like he'll probably be more like a number five starter, but someone like a Blake trying has been very reliable for the team. You wind up picking up Craig Kimbrel days before the season list goes on and on. of guys are able to come through for you, Daniel Hudson, he's a very good arm out there in that bullpen. So I take a look at this spot and I do think that we've got some relatively solid value here with the Dodgers. I set them as a minus 178. With regards to the money line, you always want to be shopping around when it comes to baseball because right now DraftKings you're finding this more around a minus 170. Other places, you're finding it more around a 180. So you actually got some relatively solid value there. Meanwhile, the run line at Drive Kings, more like a minus 125 meanwhile you're finding a lot of other minus 115 so 120 so i do think that you should be doing that accordingly like i personally would rather take a run line with the dodgers rather than a money line just because i do think that when you get to course two run wins a little bit easier to come by but to each their own on that one to go along with the under and coming up next going to continue to take a look at everything that we've got for major league baseball on sunday right here on vson the sports betting network Get everything that you need to bet on baseball this season with 24 streaming daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for just $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at Beeson.com is available now, and Adam Burke has his futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams. Plus, Jason Weingarten's MLB features bets, trends, and so much more. Sign up today and get full access to v through the NFL Draft for just $19. That is at v slash spring. As it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on v there's the Sports betting Network, and insane everything that we've got going on right now. NFL Draft going to be coming up in less than three short weeks. NBA postseason is going to be getting started up in the next few days. We've got Masters Sunday. we i going through that. A little bit more in our number two, if you want to missing anything, vcin.com slash podcast As everyone behind, everyone behind the scenes, they do an absolutely terrific job. My technical director, Nick, doing absolutely amazing work. Brian Ortega, my producer. you have got Oliver who posts up all of our podcasts every single hour. Mikhail gets me set up on audio. I truly work with the best of the business. So they've got you guys all covered there. And as a result, I've got you guys all covered with a little bit of everything as well. And before we wind up diving back into the Sunday card, how about if we take a look at the last game for Saturday that wound up just wrapping up the LA Angels get the job done against the Houston Astros 2-0 final in this one as just nothing to them for the Houston Astros. I mean, man, they only struck out five times. They're the team that is number one in all of baseball with regards to Field strikeouts on a per at-bat basis, but only two heads to show for it, Kyle Tucker and Jazz McCormick. Only two guys to be able to get on base. For the Houston Astros, meanwhile, Noah Thor Syndergaard, and really his first true start in a few years. He wound up making a pair of appearances last season in 2021 for a whopping one inning apiece. So, I mean, this is really his first true start since then. He winds up going five and a third innings, 76 pitches, just two hits a lot. And then from there, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rossi Iglesias, and close out the remaining three and two-thirds innings. And though Justin Verlander is going to take the loss, can't be too mad about how he wound up performing if you're a fan of the Astros, if you've got features on them, what have you. He winds up giving up a solo home run over the course of four, five innings. That was to Jared Walsh, first of the season. Then a little bit later on, Mike Trout would be able to go deep off of Ryan Sanning. So that's how that cookie wound up crumbling. And now let's take a look at what we're going to be able to get for Sunday in Angels versus Astros because we've got a little bit of a different pitching matchup when it comes to this one. As we got eight or 925, 926 on the betting board. Ford, Jose Uriquini, and the Houston Astros playing against the LA Angels with Jose Suarez going for the Angels and Jose Uriquini going for the Astros and a lot of spots. They've got a relative pick and price here. DraftKings has the Houston Astros as a minus 115 favorite. You're able to find them pretty much as good as a minus 105 for the Angels. you are finding them pretty much across the board, anywhere between even money and minus 105. So on this game, you're gonna be finding it at a nine and a half with your over and under juice fluctuating a little bit anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 on both sides and when it comes to Houston Astros they weren't able to get it ju- get the job done tonight but I still feel like this is an angel team that is relatively overvalued Noah Syndergaard give it up to him he was able to have himself a very nice start but it is a bullpen that You're rolling the dice a little bit when someone not named Rossio Iglesias winds up coming in for them. And for the Houston Astros, they've been able to do a great job being able to show up with guys like Ryan Presley. You did wind up having a little bit of a calamity with regards to the bullpen the other day, but certainly a team that with Pedro Baez, a little bit of a buy low sell high sort of guy. I think that that is going to be good for them moving forward and... It's an answer team that I just mentioned it with regards to what this lineup is able to do. Number one in the big leagues in terms of fewest strikeouts on a per-at-bat basis. I think that that is going to be paramount for them moving forward. Alex Bregman already has a pair of home runs for this team, along with along with what you've been able to get out of Kyle Tucker. He's been able to go deep twice as well. Jose Altuve is off to a very nice start as well. You've got no shortage of weapons when it comes to this lineup. And obviously with the Angels, you got two of the best ones. You're going to find it all in baseball. Mike Trout, coupled with Shoei Ohtani, Ohtani wound up having a little bit of a rough stretch towards back half of last season. Mike Trout, you figured it would take him a long time to be able to get up and running. And by that, I mean, it took him like at bat number seven or eight for him to be able to hit that home run that we wound up seeing Saturday night. So he's been obviously able to do a relatively solid job there. But you take a look at the rest of the lineup and Anthony Rendon back to hitting a buck 11. Jared Walsh, after he wound up having a big fall off post-All-Star break last season after he made that All-Star game has looked a little bit better here in the regular season. I think that it's very early. I do think that you can sort of take from the first half to the second half of the season sort of a middle ground approach there, but guys like Josh Ross, Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, these are the guys that are going to be so big for the LA Angels because I mean, while having Shoya, and Mike Trout at the top is very nice. You need these other guys to be able to step up and not hit like 40 home runs or anything like that, but get on base just be able to give you professional at-bats, be able to work the pitch count, things like this. And it's tough to know if you're going to be able to get that out of the LA Angels. And Jose Urquidy has been very solid and not walking, guys. A guy that his walks per nine rate is sub two, Jose Suarez, wound up beginning the year as a long reliever last season and was very good in that long relief role. Took him quite a while to be able to get re-acclimated to being a starter. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to get off to the world's greatest start here. I do think that the Astros just have a better lineup. They've got a better bullpen. In general, I like this asterisk team just better than the makeup of the LA Angels right now. So I'm going to be taking a look at the asterisk in this spot. I wound up saying them as a rather hefty favorite. And I did want to make it my total 9.8. What you do want to note with LA as well is that this is a ballpark that plays very differently home or not home to row, but rather when you wind up having day versus night games, this is going to be a first pitch of right around 1.10 p.m. Pacific time. And when you wind up getting that... California night air in there. Balls wind up dying at the warning track a whole lot more than during the day. It just feels like it's a little bit more dense. So I'm willing to take a look at it and over set my total a little bit north of nine and a half. And I'm going to be taking a look at the Houston Astros in the spot as well. And when it comes to the American League, you've got a team that has already been able to carry out the one run wins that they wound up getting a season ago. We shall see if they wind up making it three in a row 923, 924 with the Seattle Mariners taking on the Minnesota Twins. Bailey Ober on the bump for the Minnesota Twins, and Marco Gonzalez going to be going for the Seattle Mariners. Eight and a half is your total with the over House plots right around to minus 120. And with the Minnesota Twins, Find them as a rather hefty favorite, as low as minus 130, as high as a minus 145. And I do think that this is a little bit lofty on a Minnesota Twins team that I think that they're a little bit flawed. I did wind up making the Mariners a plus 123 underdog, meaning I need at least a plus 124 to be able to take a shot on them. Fortunately, DraftKings, they got plus 125. So that's a relatively solid line to be able to take here with the Seattle Mariners, a team that ever since the beginning of the start of the 2021 season, 35 and 15 in one-run games, and a big reason why is well they have been getting a little bit lucky. I don't think that there's any questioning that when you wind up getting 90 wins with a run differential that's right around negative 50, you know that you're getting just a touch bit lucky. But that's it you take a look at the Seattle Mariners team, and they've got a lot of guys that you're able to rely upon out there in the bullpen. Now Diego Castillo is someone that they did wind up utilizing on Saturday, but even though you wind up losing Will Vest, you still have out there someone like a Second Secondrider, who's able to give you very solid innings. Eric Swanson, last year, wound up being able to come up very big for the team. And for the Minnesota Twins, a little bit of a hodgepodge when it comes to this bullpen. Caleb Theobar, not the worst guy in the world, but at the same time, you do have your question marks there. You take a look at what you're able to get out of guys like a Tyler Duffy, Jorge Alcalo, Emilio Pagan. Let's on and on. Got a lot of unknowns when it comes to this bullpen, especially Paganu on a giving up like 15 home runs at 69 innings this season. That was not great. And for the Minnesota Twins, you got to love the fact that they want to bring in Carlos Correa to be able to sure things up. But you've got a lot of guys that have been questionable, especially with regards to being able to get on base in recent years. Gary Sanchez, Max Kepler, coupled with Miguel Zeno, All these guys are able to do a solid job of being able to supply the boom. All these guys can wind up hitting 30-plus home runs in a season. Them being able to get on base, that's a big, giant issue for the team. Now, Luis Arias should be able to help out with that a little bit. You've got Byron Buxton, who's just absolutely sensational for the team as well. But I do have my question marks there. And for the Seattle Mariners, it is a team that they wound up having a really rough lineup as well. Last year, they were one of the worst teams with regards to batting average. And much of that was because Kyle Lewis, the rookie of the year in 2020, he was out of the fold and has been missing for the length of this series. But that said, you take a look at Seattle and they did wind up making a couple of nice off-season acquisitions. Adam Frazier, someone who had a 300 last season, he's able to do a solid job at the top of the lineup, being able to get on base for the team. Ty France is someone that they wound up acquiring a few seasons ago when they wound up making that trade with the San Diego Padres. That's absolutely massive for them as well. And someone that really goes under the radar. I felt like he had a little bit of value coming into the season for the home for the most home runs of any player prop, that'd be Mitch Haniger. He had 39 bombs last season, does a nice job of be able to draw some walks, be able to get on base, really flies under the radar. And then on top of that, now you've got a little bit of added protection from Jesse Winker, someone who, while he was with the Cincinnati Reds, did a solid job of be able to reach base, a really good guy with regards to be able to drive in runs as well, and Eugenio Suarez now. Find a hitting right around the Medoza line of a 200, but a guy that is able to supply some power as well. And you've got to think that, some of these younger players, like a Jared Kelnick, that just weren't able to come to the forefront last season, they are going to be able to develop. They are going to be a little bit better. And then for Bailey Ober, someone who he just gives up a lot of home runs, right around 1.8 home runs for nine innings, does a solid job not allowing too many walks. And towards back of the season was relatively solid, but you know else was relatively solid towards the back of the season. Marco Gonzalez, who wound up getting. Five wins in the month of September so I'm going to be taking a look at the Seattle Mariners here being able to get a plus price that does wind up appealing to me and with regards to this total I wind up setting mine more in the neighbor of about a of about a 8.8 so at an 8.5 I would be willing to take a look at it over as well coming up next we're going to dive a little bit more into the National League slate that we've got for Sunday right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network
0: Seeing
3: Hoops Peterson himself on V the Sports Betting Network. Hey, we're back here, lovely Las Vegas, for the Greg Peterson experience right here on V the Sports Betting Network. And we've got a lot of baseball to be able to fly through as we wind up just wrapping up everything that we've got in the MLB for the night. As you wind up seeing the LA Angels be able to take down the Houston Astros by a kind of two to zero. So in a relative pick'em game when it was all said and done, Angels, a lot of places, closed as a very, very slight favorite. They're able to get it done, and if you're looking for any late-night sweats right now, we still do have a little bit of NHL action that is going down, as well as the Vancouver Canucks have taken a 3-2 to two lead, got about nine minutes left in the third period there. Vegas, well, as a north of $4 favorite in a lot of spots. They're just putting a hurting on the Arizona Coyotes. Six to one, two minutes remaining if... Arizona is able to cover this number with regards to the puck line. It would be one of the biggest miracles we've ever seen. And the Colorado avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers tied up one-to-one. Got about two and a half minutes left in the third period there. So we are all up to date on those. And we are all up to date with regards to how we're going to be leading off the MLB day on Sunday, as it is going to be the Washington Nationals and the New York Mets are going to be doing so. And they're at the top of the rotation with 9 one The Washington Nationals find themselves as in sizable underdog here right around plus 125 seeing as I, was about a plus 130 and you're finding the mets anywhere between minus 135 minus 145 ish with your total and a lot of places a nine and a half with the juice on the over seeing a couple straight tens wind up popping up as well but this is a spot where i think it's going to be intriguing to see how both of these bullpens wind up being able to maneuver because eric fetty and carlos carrasco both wound up having north of five eras last season but i do take a look at carlos carrasco just everything that he's been in, you give him all the credit in the world. The fact that he's currently on an MOB mound, I mean, it's just a very, very great story in general. But take a look at what he wound up doing during the season last year. Now, it was in limited innings, but certainly wanted giving up the deep ball quite a bit. Guy that is now 35 years old and 604 ERA. Overall, that is just unacceptable. 12-arm runs, give it up in 53, two-thirds innings. Command is still there, didn't wind up giving out a lot of walks, but certainly... He has seen better days, and for Eric Fetty, he's got a little bit of an issue giving up the deep ball as well, and got a little bit more command issues as well, but with that said, is able to give you a relatively solid dose of swing and miss as well. Someone that wanted up giving up 23 bombs in 133 and a third inning, so that is a little bit of an issue for him as well, but you do take a look at both of these bullpens for the Mets. They did wind up losing a couple guys from last year. Aaron Loop, who wound up having right around a one-ish ERA. Right? He was absolutely amazing. Kursich Familia. Both of these guys, now the full them for the Washington Nationals. They no longer have Wander Swear, which that's actually very good because it's call him Wander, I swear this guy sucks whenever he wound, he wound up going out there for the Washington Nationals, and I had them because I knew that he was just going to give up the game. It was not necessarily so terrific. Now, you've got Sean Doolittle, who it's a case of which he has not been himself in recent years, but Mason Thompson, Patrick Murphy, they're able to give you little bit of something out there in the bullpen. I'm not going to say that they're terrific by any stretch of the imagination, but they're relatively solid. And what I think a lot of people are sleeping on when it comes to Washington Nationals, they do actually have some decent power with regards to the scene. You've got Josh Bell, guy that wound up barreling up 27 home runs last season. Nelson Cruz, he had north of 30 a season ago as well. And Lane Thomas, when these when the Washington Nationals picked him up, from the St. Louis Cardinals. He really had a nice September, being able to hit right around 275 after he was just not able to do anything whatsoever. But the Cardinals and then, oh yeah, they've got the guy by the name of Juan Soto, who was a betting favorite to be able to win the MVP out there in the National League this year. A guy that's able to get on base at right around a 450. It's absolutely insane what he's able to do. And for the New York Metropolitans, it's a case in which the offense I think is improved. And take a look at Pete Alonzo. Guy that wound up leading all of baseball in terms of home runs on the road last season. I think that he's going to be able to do a solid job this year as well. And for Mr. Alonso, wound up being his first home run of the season on Saturday. But you take a look at some of the guys that are a little bit further down the line. Luis Galorme, you're able to take a look at Dom Smith. Guys have really been up and down in their career. That's going to be a little bit of a question mark. And for Francisco Lindor, good first couple games of the season, but We saw him just not live up to that contract, especially early on last season. He was able to sure things up a little bit more towards back half of the season, but that is right now in fear of being a little bit of a tough contract. I do think that both of these stars do wind up getting a little bit shelled, but I do think that the nine and a half to 10 is a little bit of a, I can a little bit too high of a number because you do take a look at this game. It is going to be at 1 PM Eastern time. So got a little bit more of a day game after a night game. Typically we find the bass a little bit more tired and sleepy when they wind up coming out for this one. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under personally, set my total more around a 9.2 and for the Mets, I felt like they should have been more around a minus minus ish. Favorite was willing to take anything of a plus one or greater. So going to be taking a look at the Washington nationals in this spot to be able to avoid the sweep. And I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. Going to be taking a look at another game that involves a relatively interesting, I guess you call it line as well. As we've got 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board, and we have seen this line move in a big way between the Miami Marlins and the San Francisco Giants. Anthony Di Scalfani goes for the Giants and Trevor Rogers on the bump for the Miami Marlins. Marlins open up as right around a plus 140-ish underdog now you're seeing them between a plus 110 and a plus 115. Meanwhile, the Giants are between minus 120 to minus 125. Seeing at drive Kings, a stray minus 135. As they open up at drive Kings, minus 160. So we've seen a 25 cent move on this game. Total on this game, it is eight down from the opener of eight and a half with the over were between minus 110 and minus 115. And I do agree with the downward tick on the total. This is a game out there in San Francisco. Even though the dimensions have changed in recent years, certainly one of the best, pitcher-friendly ballparks, and you're going to find in all-baseball. And for the Miami Marlins, I thought there was a lot of value on the open. I could only really take them if I was getting a plus 125 or greater, though. I think that the value on this team, it has came and went because Trevor Rogers does do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, but I think the big question for the Miami Marlins is how much run support are they going to be able to give Trevor Rogers? The guy that he did a much better job of being able to control the walks last season than he did two seasons ago. He seems to be really developing as a pitcher, but you do take a look at Anthony D. Scalfani as well. He had right around 2 ERA in any game that he did not wind up pitching against the LA Dodgers in. The Dodgers were just as absolute kryptonite. Everyone else, he did a relatively solid job. And for the San Francisco Giants, despite the fact that they are out there in one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks in all of baseball, you wind up having Brandon Belt. Hit a home run every about 12 or so at bats last season. You've got guys like Darren Ruff, Wilmer Flores, Brandon Crawford. They don't necessarily go out there and hit like 30-plus home runs or anything like that, but they've got functional power. They do a good job of really being able to come up big in situations where they're called upon. Jack Peterson seems to be a little bit of a platoon outfielder this year as well. He's going to be able to add a little bit of pop to the seam. And you do take a look at the Miami Rollins, to their credit, they did wind up going spending out there in the offseason. They wind up bringing in Jacob Sellings to be able to shore up the catcher spot. He comes in from the Pittsburgh Pirates. You wind up bringing in Ori Soler as well. We remember what he was able to do during the World Series, but a guy that was up and down last season as well, now bringing back Eric Cooper, I think that that's going to be very beneficial. A guy that, whenever he's been out there, has been solid, but just being able to have a clean bill of health, I think that that's going to be big for him, but you also take a look at the San Francisco Giants, and the reason why I wound up having to make them more around a minus-125-ish favorite, which means that, Slide went a little bit too far on the Miami Marlins is the bullpen. They wind up bringing back a lot of pieces that wound up leading the league with regards to bullpen ERA only bullpen with a sub three ERA last season. And you do take a look at so many of these guys that were able to come up big Camilo Duvall, Jarlon Garcia. You're able to throw in there, Tyler Rogers, the list goes on and on. They seem to all bring a little bit of something unique to the plate. They wound up losing one or two guys from last season, but even in guys like Dominique Leon being back for them, that is huge. And for the Miami Marlins, it is a bullpen that was actually relatively solid last season. But you do take a look at their bullpen home and road splits. And the bullpen registers an ERA that's a full point point half lower when they are at home rather than on the road over the span of, I would say, the last year or so. And when it comes to some of these guys, they are a little bit suspect now. I do like the fact that they want to making a nice little exchange with the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles make it a bad trade. What else is new? They wind up giving away Tanner Scott and Cole Solzer, so that really sure them up. They bring in Anthony Bass and Anthony Bender once again. These guys are able to hold up at the point of attack, but I do take a look at the San Francisco Giants. Not a lot of value when they were laying minus 160. Now that you're seeing this summer winding up, getting more around the minus 120, minus 125 range, In a lot of spots, I do think that you're starting to see value with the San Francisco Giants, and I think that that is so critical when it comes to Major League Baseball, just knowing a money line price in mind that you want to bet because even though it is a money line sport at the same time, it is very much about the long term because the difference between laying minus 125, minus 130, and minus 160 it can be very, very immense. So I always encourage you to be able to take that little bit of approach. And when it comes to totals, I am one that I really don't like to lay north of minus 115 juice, just because when it comes down to it with a lot of these totals, we just don't find that games in general wind up landing on the number too much, even though you do wind up having a lot of teams that at the end of the season, they wind up ever registering right around four and a half runs per game. a high watermark is five, low watermark is four. Just, A lot of all or nothing games either. You wind up getting what we wind up having on Saturday where 14 out of 15 games wind up going under the turtle and then you wind up having like 20 point explosion so it all does wind up working out in the end in the second hour i wound up giving out my dk nation pick that we've got in the mlb on sunday so i'm going to refresh that in the final segment and just give you guys everything that i like in general with regards to major league baseball for sunday great to have the season back and it'll be great to have you back in the final segment of the greg and experience right here on vson esports bank network
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at pet 365 Twenty-one plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler.
1: I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
3: Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com/Heineken to be able to start your run to victory today. Heineken beer made better 21 years or older terms and conditions and other uh, and other eligibility restrictions to apply See DraftKings.com for details and please do drink responsibly as this final segment of the greg peterson experience right here on vson the sports betting network and we've got you covered these last few minutes with regards to everything that we're going to be seeing in the mlb on sunday if you want a missing my dk nation pick we'll hit on that in a second and does have to do with the American League, so how about if we stay out there in the American League or an American League underdog, I should say, that we've got a little bit of intrigue with because this is an interleague game. How about if we go 929, 930? Philadelphia Phillies going to be playing out to the Oakland A's. Dalton Jeffries goes for the A's, and Zach Eflin is going to be on the bump for the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies, they open up a minus 245 favorite, which... That was a little bit too high. Now you're finding them in between minus two dollars and minus two twenty with the Oakland A's finding themselves more around a plus one eighty-ish. And your total on scheme, it is nine with the juice a little bit all over the place, over and under anywhere between minus one oh five and minus one fifteen. But I do think that got some relatively solid value here with the Oakland A's. It's been a little bit of a rough go of it to start the season for them. And the Philadelphia Phillies, I do think, are gonna be able to have a good season overall. And I do think that. This is a team that you got to be watching out for out there in the East. That said, I just can't advocate for laying $2 with Zach Eflin in this spot. Just take a look at him, and he's been all over the place. Like last season, wound up making 18 starts. He did a great job of being able to lessen the walks, 1.4 walks per nine innings, but gives up nearly 10 hits per nine innings. He winds up getting tattooed with that regard, a guy that winds up giving up quite a bit of hard contact as well. So, has a little bit of an issue. Now, if you are able to make one argument for Zach Eflin, it's the fact that he's been relatively unlucky the last two years. Fielding independent last season was a 368, 3.39 season before, and he wound up walking away with a pair of mediocre ERAs. 417 this last season, 397, two seasons ago. But I do take a look at Dalton Jeffries, and I do think that he's gonna be up for the task in this game as well. Someone that does a solid job will be able to keep the game out in front of him and Whenever I say that, it means that he doesn't wind up making really stupid mistakes, which that is something that you always like to see. With Dalton Jeffries, does a good job of not necessarily giving out a lot of walks. Spent a lot of last season at the minor league level, 1.3 walks per nine innings. Now, the ERA of 491, it doesn't sound great, but he was pitching for the Las Vegas Aviators, and if you know anything about the Pacific Coast League, a lot of AAA in general, it's out here on the West Coast. It involves a lot of cities in which you got high elevations, massive humidity, thus the ball is absolutely flying, so his 6.2 strikeout to walk rate, very solid, their effect that he was able to go 5-1 in those games, that certainly helps you out and you wound up seeing, one start last year, a couple relief appearances at the big league level, didn't necessarily do a whole a lot with it, 360 ERA, nothing great, nothing terrible, and did you take a look at the Oakland A's? You do have a couple guys on this team that they are doing for a little bit of positive progression. You notice that Elvis Andrews last year with regards to his actual batting average versus his expected batting average, one of the biggest splits that you were gonna find in all of baseball, indicating some bad luck there. Now Kyle Schwarber, along with Nick Cassianos, those are big offseason acquisitions for the Philadelphia Phillies. Couple with the fact that you just wind up getting Reese Hoskins back after he was out towards back half of last season. The fielding in the outfield is going to be a little bit suspect, but the offense it certainly is there with the gentleman that I mentioned, coupled with Bryce Harper. He's absolutely amazing at being able to give you a 300 batting average, draws his walks, they will give you 30 plus home runs season in and season out. So you know what you're going up there with there. And for the Oakland A's, certainly a case in which guys like Tony Kemp are going to need to step up. But the bullpen of the Oakland A's I think is going to be intriguing. Sam Mall is someone that they brought in. I think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job for the team and for the Phillies. They did finally address the bullpen. Right and is someone that they wind up bringing in. They also wind up being able to bring in Corey Knebel, who was really able to do a solid job of being able to acclimate his career last season after it would have been really tedious to say the least. After he wound up having a big giant injury with the Milwaukee Brewers, but I just take a look at this spot with Zach Eflin. I just do not feel comfortable laying two dollars with him. I saw a pretty sizable differential, so I'm going to be taking the point. I'm going to be taking the money line of the Oakland A's. And when it comes to the spot, I did wind up setting my total at a 9.3. I do think that it's a case in which you are going to be seeing a lot of balls in play with the guys that you wind up seeing out there in this one. I do think that it is going to be flying a little bit more so looking at it over and I'm going to be taking a look at the Oakland A's getting a plus price. And when it comes to the DK Nation pick, wound up giving this out a little bit over an hour ago. I'm going to be taking a look at the Guardians on the money line right now in a lot of spots with regards to this game. It's 921, 922, Guardians Find themselves anywhere between minus one oh five, seeing as good as a plus one oh one, and then with the Kansas City Royals, find them anywhere between minus one oh five and minus one fifteen. And when it comes to the Guardians, they've really got a stud here in Cal Quantrill towards the back half of the season after the all-star break in eighty-eight innings, wound up giving up nine home runs, sub three ERA was able to do a solid job with a seven to one record. And Chris with the K bubic after I would say June eighth. So Final 21 appearances of the season wanted giving up just under two home runs per nine innings, 5.25 ERA in that span. Now good news for him is that you want to being able to be a little bit more effective at home rather than on the road. You notice know, this a lot with the Kansas City Royals pitcher Royals are in a little bit more of a pitcher friendly ballpark. And I do think that you're going to get a little bit more offense in this game. And the big reason why is because, well, you can't get a whole a lot less offense than you wind up seeing in the first two games of the series Royals, have combined four runs and the guardians have combined one run. So it has been a good old game of get them out pretty much for both of these teams. But with the guardians, I do like their bullpen as well. You do wind up having a manual class a as one of the best closers in all of baseball. Now he did wind up throwing on Saturday, but only five pitches. So you should be able to, to come back in this one if it is a safe situation. Nick Sandlin has been able to do a solid job for this team. Now, James Karincheck currently on the injured list. That does wind up hurting the Guardians a little bit, but you do take a look at the Kansas City Royals. A bleak average bullpen last season that did wind up getting better as the season went along. Jake Brent, Scott Barlow, these guys are able to give you some good innings. Now, Joel Payampas is someone that is dealing with a little bit of an ailment as well. And then you take a look at the Royals. They do a solid job of being able to have guys be able to get on base. Bobby Wood Jr. is a rookie that I really do like for this team. I think that you've got one of the best setup men with regards to the leadoff spot in Whit Merrifield being able to get on base, able to give you a couple solo stolen bases. That's it in Adalberto Mondesi, including Bill of Health. is very good for him as well. But then take a look at the Guardians. You've got a pair of guys that are able to go out for 30-plus home runs in fremo Reyes, a couple with Jose Ramirez. Ramirez wound up having 36 last season. Big question is, what are you going to be able to get out of some of these ancillary pieces? Can Andres Jimenez, Yu Chang, the entire catcher spot, because they've all been relatively... Terrible. Bobby Bradley. These guys be able to not even give you like 20 plus home runs or anything like that. Just get on base in general. Turn some of these solo shots that the big two wind up having into some two, three run shots. I think that that's going to be very big. And I do think that in this spot, you are going to be having a pair of teams that are going to be able to erupt a little bit more with regards to the offense. Also, keep in mind that the game that we wound up seeing on Saturday went to extra innings. So, bullpen gonna be a little bit more depleted for both teams but dk nation pick we're gonna be going with the guardians i'm willing to lay up to really a minus 130 with them and when it comes to the total i do wind up saying my total more around an 8.6 on an eight and a half i'd be willing to side with an over as well and then how about if we wind up going white Sox versus detroit tigers here 917 918 you got Derek Skubo going for the tigers and michael kopech on the bump for the white Sox. white Sox find themselves any routine a minus 135 to a minus 140 favorite and your plus price with the tigers is any routine plus 120 seeing as high as a plus 126 out there as well and it's going to be a take for me on the tigers because i've made it so that way tigers anywhere north of a plus 120 i'd be willing to take a shot here michael kopech guy with absolutely tremendous velocity but he wound up spending much of last year as a little bit of a long reliever out there in the bullpen I think that that'll affect him a little bit. And Patrick Scouble wound up having a really rough start to last season, was able to close it out strong. Now, with Scouble, you do want to note that this guy, with regards to home runs per nine innings, was one of the lesser guys that we wound up seeing in all baseball last season. But good news is he's backed up by a bullpen that was one of the best in all baseball last season for the White Sox. Liam Hendricks has been a little bit shaky for this team. That's something that you do want to be taking note of. I do think that Aaron Bummer is going to be able to do A solid job moving forward out there in that bullpen. You do take a look at Drake Scovell up until his final start of the season, because final start of the season he was really, I guess you could call it tied down with regards to his Emmy innings limits, things like this. But after the first month of the season, that was cataclysmically bad. The Tigers wound up going 13 and 11 in his 24 overall starts. Now wound up giving up 24 home runs, that's a little bit of an issue, but still was able to keep the ball down. His ERA was right around a 3.75. So was able to do a relatively solid job there when you wind up having guys like a Gregory Soto be able to come in out of the bullpen, makes it very effective for the seam and hobby bias. In the month of September last year, you wind up having north of a 350 batting average. I was second among all players in the National League and for the White Sox, it can be a little bit of an inconsistent lineup with guys like Jake Berger and company sometimes being feast or famine. So I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here with the Detroit Tigers. I'm going to be willing to take them on the money line. Also wound up selling my total more around an 8.4. So we're going to be looking at an A.F. or higher to the under end. we will do it here on the Greg Peterson Experience. It is going to be Masters Sunday for many of you guys within the next hour or two. We've got you covered all day long with that here on v the Sports Bank Network.